Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. Bob Dylan wrote a song in 1979 called Serve Somebody. Anybody know the song? Heard yeah. If, Mavis Staples did a great uh, cover of that recently if you want to hear a really good one. But um, the thesis of the song Serve Somebody is it's, a very, it's thoroughly Christian theology in this song. And basically Bob Dylan says it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, that in your life you will serve somebody. So you better pick who you're going to serve. That's the general idea. So who's it going to be? And so the reign of Christ, this uh, majestic time in the church year where we recognize that Christ is not only the first word, but he is the last word. He is the one who was, who, who is, and who always was, and the one who is to come. And so we're, our lives are surrounded and, and encompassed by this great narrative and Jesus is at the beginning and Jesus is at the end and so we we are in the hands of Christ and we're in a good place in this journey so it's good for us to consider uh, at the end of the year uh, it's good for us to consider the end of the world as we know it it's a healthy thing for us to do to consider that one day uh, we will not be faced with the world as we know it but we will face the prospects of the world that is to come, the promised world uh, that, is, that is full of eternal life for some and a life of separation from God for others. And so it's good for us to consider the end of this world. It gives us perspective. Uh, it helps us locate ourselves in all the things that we're doing in this life. And it gives us a real solid taste of Christian hope. Hope is the thing that no one can manufacture on their own. You can't have Christian hope by just thinking the right things or uh, putting yourself in the right situation. Only God can give Christian hope. But once you have it, once you receive it, then it is something that grows inside of us. The closer we get to Christ, the more we follow Christ, the more we serve, the more we live in this world as though this world is not our ultimate home. Uh, we find ourselves growing in Christian hope. So you can be around somebody for just a minute and tell if they have real, genuine hope and if that hope is growing or if, in its place, something else is growing. So are we receiving the gift of hope and growing in this virtue or are we hedging our bets somewhere else? Are we finding primary security and hope in this mortal life or in the world as we know it? The writer of Ecclesiastes would kind of encapsulate that method, that thesis for living, which would be, you might as well eat and drink and be merry today, because today is all you've got. Uh, your toil and your stuff under the sun, that's all there is, so you might as well enjoy it. Uh, live it up and have a good time, because when that's over, that's all there is. But as we contemplate a world that is to come, that recognizes, that helps us recognize that there is more to come and that that more informs the more of our daily lives here while we are in this mortal body, the book of Revelation is a great companion, really helps us with this work and with this task. And the text that Kent read for us, these magnificent themes of the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha is the first letter, as you know, in the Greek alphabet, and then Omega is the last letter 
letter in the Greek alphabet. So this is John's way, this is Jesus' way of saying, uh, I'm the very first thing that's, that's thought and spoken, and I'm the very last word, I'm the very last thing, the Alpha and the Omega. You can see the mosaic picture here of a basilica in Rome, uh, 11th century kind of you know, mosaic tile on, on one of those big grand ceilings, and some of you may have even been to this place, but you'll see like where you see the kairos, uh, the symbol for Christ, and then you have the, the A, the Alpha, and then you have the Omega. And um, it's, it's a great, it's always been a symbol for Christians as a way of saying, we know, we, we know that all the stuff that's going on right now makes it look like somebody else is in charge. We see the accidents that we see. We see the things that don't work out like they're supposed to. We see people that die too young. We see all that stuff, and we start wondering, maybe uh, someone else is in charge of this deal. And so this symbol is a way for us to remind one another throughout our lives that in in fact, Jesus is the ruler, as John said in Revelation, of all the kings. He's the ruler of all the kings. The one who is, the one who always was, and the one who is to come. And as we read these words and we hear John's words in Revelation, we're invited to ask, will we stand faithful when this last word is spoken? John, in the revelation that he sees, that as he's relaying this message to the church, he, he talks about relaying a message to the seven churches. And we know there are more than seven churches in Asia Minor at the time, in modern-day Turkey-ish. Uh, we know there were more than seven churches, and this is a way, this is John's way of saying to the whole church, this representative, that perfect number seven, all the churches, uh, not only now, but the church that is, uh, spans time and space and finds us here, right here in Sweetwater, Texas, and those that we know and the places that we've come from. John's word from his vision of Jesus is, hold on. You guys just hold on. Uh, his friends, the other churches, John himself is in prison. He's exiled on an island. His brothers and sisters are being persecuted by the emperor. They're being killed for their faith, and they're dying left and right. And so he's telling the church, you guys hang in there. Just hold on. Because I know it seems like this is all that there is and that your story is coming to an awful end. But in fact, Jesus is still the ruler of all the kings, and this is going to be different someday. So don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Hang in there. Jesus, just as he has been here, just as he always was, Jesus is sure to come again. Don't lose heart and don't lose hope. This is what John is telling the world of Christians that is being persecuted. Saying, wait for God's time. It seems like God is slow sometimes, but God is patient. And in God's time, John's saying, you guys hold on and it'll be okay. Even though it seems like the world as we know it, uh, evil winds and death reigns and there's no cure for the corruption and the chaos that we see all around us for the persecution. Even though it seems like that, John says that Jesus remains the faithful martyr who died to destroy death and evil, the resurrected one and the one who one day will return. He is the ruler of all kings. So, just as John addresses us as a kingdom of priests, we can live as a kingdom of priests. We can serve in that way. We can serve Jesus as a kingdom of priests, living and presenting the forgiveness and teaching and healing and restoration that's found in Jesus, working for and anticipating this world that is to come that we cannot yet fully see, or we can serve the world as we know it now with its temporary glory and its temporary fame, 
with our tendency to be overconfident because of our status and our accomplishments. So we have a choice. Uh, and this is where Bob Dylan's genius is so good. And if, if you know the song, he starts the song out by saying, you may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls. And the chorus says, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And it might be the devil and it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Uh, you might be a state trooper. You might be a young Turk. You might be a, the head of some big TV network. You may be rich or poor. You may be blind or lame. You may be living in another country under another name. <laughs> you can't hide. You know, you're going to have to serve somebody. And, and he it is love the way that he addresses everybody. Uh, he even has a line in there for preachers. You know, you may be a preacher with your spiritual pride. Or you may be a city councilman taking money on the side. You know, that, that's, you, can, you can, however you want to go, uh, but you're going to have to serve somebody. So as, as, no matter what heads you think you've got in this world to make you okay, Dylan says, you're going to have to serve somebody at the end of the day. So that's the great question before us uh, that we would hear Jesus ask. Who will we serve? Where will we place our primary allegiance, the investment of our resources? Because we're going to have to serve somebody. So as we move into this time of the service where we celebrate holy baptism, we're reminded that, that this is one of the ways that we stand up and say, yes, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to go this way. We're going to let the old person be buried in the waters of baptism. And it's never too late to do this. Even when you are baptized 50 years ago, you're going to leave the old life behind. And we're going to take up the new life that comes through Christ. As Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So we in baptism, we're dying to the false promises of living for this world alone. Leaving behind the old man that Christ may give birth to the new man in his place. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.